Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the NGMI podcast, a show where I talk about crypto investing with people who are a lot better at it than me. The whole point of this show is to have in-depth conversations with experienced investors, developers, and traders, and hopefully pass on some interesting and practical information about crypto markets to you guys. Today, I'm speaking with Marty, a pseudonymous trader who goes by at ThinkingVols on Twitter. Marty is an experienced options and volatility trader with more than 10 years experience in the world of crypto. And even though he doesn't like to admit it, he's an extremely knowledgeable investor with a lot of great information for newcomers and advanced traders alike. Expect to learn what Marty thinks brand new investors should do if they're just getting started in crypto, why the crypto market is currently in a state of post-ETF clarity, the biggest potential market trends over the next few months, why you should probably just get a job at Chipotle, and more. Let's get stuck in. Marty, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so just get straight into it. For the audience who doesn't know much about you, can you give me some background as to how you got into crypto and what kind of work you're doing right now? Sure. Well, besides from a Twitter sensation, um, in the hat phenomenon, um, we run a crypto vault book. So we manage a portfolio of options and option market making strategies, option arbitrage strategies. But it's been a, a lot of years now. Um, it all started with my friends buying fun things online with Bitcoin. And I was, I don't know, a kid, you know, high school or something like this, 15 or something, 14, something like that. And, uh, you know, I saw something there, right? Like, oh, yeah, we can move money around globally, kind of low, low fee or, you know, minimal fee. At the time, it wasn't that popular. I think, you know, less than $100 a coin. I ended up buying one, one Bitcoin or like, you know, whatever, 0.9 or whatever it was, about 100 bucks. And I didn't have a lot of money or I probably would have bought more, right? And uh, it turned into accumulating a handful of coins, nothing crazy, and riding it up to $1,000. So that was like, oh my God, dude, I'm rich, right? I'm like a kid with like, whatever, $10,000, let's say, something like this. Like, oh, I'm rich, you know, this is, this is it. And I ended up riding that all the way back down to 100. That was like my first cycle, but I you know, just had a handful of coins. Then come 2016 or 2017, I guess that was the next cycle. I, you know, had had a full-time job then. I was not really trading. I was just accumulating. I was like, oh, well, next time I'm going to keep it, right? How, how do I keep all of these coins? And um, I was fortunate enough to, to get a kind of like internship for a friend's family office. It was like I was pushing paper and, you know, sending faxes. It was not, nothing at the beginning. And that turned into, you know, how do you manage a portfolio or learning about that. And it, it just took off from there. It wasn't like I have a TradFi background or I went to some amazing school or, you know, my, my parents friends own the family office, you know, it was, a uh, it was in the car scene at the time. And it was one of the car guys ran a small, small family office. And he kind of took me under his wing and taught me how to manage a portfolio. And fast forward. Now we run our own book. 
We run our own little small boutique size fund. And we mainly focus on options. Before we were doing a bunch of spot stuff um, and a bunch of D1 stuff, so a bunch of perp stuff. A lot of stuff was uh, not illiquid. A lot of stuff was mispriced, or there was a lot of arbitrage opportunities buying one, selling another. That you know maybe is there now, but you're talking pennies before it was thousands of dollars difference. And you're finally seeing this in the option space where every venue has different pricing. So that's kind of what we focus on now is either options market making, you know, both sides of a book or buying and selling on another or just overall outright selling of mispriced options, kind of switch up the strategy. We stay fluid with it. We're not always selling calls or something like this. So hopefully that's enough intro for me. Okay. No, awesome. So you're, yeah, you're big options, like volatility guy. I actually, I don't know shit about like crypto options trading. So when it comes to this side, I kind of consider myself like a Neanderthal with internet access. Um, what, what do you prefer about options compared to like hold, like, you know, bidding spot futures, perps, that kind of thing? What, what was it that made you think like, yeah, options is the play here. That's what I like. Oh, just finding an edge, right? There's so many people in the Delta One space, like the perp space, like you're competing with EWF, you're competing with Wintermute, um, Flowdesk, you know, Jump, you know, all the big guys. And uh, that's not a, a pool that I wanted to swim in anymore. The crypto option space is still new. It's about 3% of PERT volume. But if you're familiar with TradFi markets in the States, the notional value traded is higher in stocks and options than actual shares traded. So there is a market here for options. It will continue to grow. I'm not, I used to be in the camp that we would take over PERT volume, but I'm totally okay if we don't. You know, there's plenty of money to be made if we're not doing more than per volume and you know until this pool gets crowded i'm all happily swimming it and i think we're at the early early stages there's so much inefficiency in this market especially when you're talking uh DeFi options you know we're at the very inception of of what DeFi can do in terms of the option space okay cool what do you so with the like inefficiencies in DeFi, um you know you don't have to give away all your alpha for free, but like where are the main areas that you see inefficiency arising? You, you have a big issue in DeFi, 100% on-chain in terms of speed. So you're not able to quote fast enough. You're not able to pull quotes fast enough. The timer is too slow. Maybe there's no portfolio margin. It's it's all very at an infant stage. Um, you're seeing a lot of people kind of copy the roadmap that DYDX went. DYDX is kind of, uh, you know, the grandfather of derivatives on chain, but they're only doing perps, right? They're not doing options or dated futures or things like this. And I think rightfully so. I think that they stay in their own lane and they do 
Fine, fine, just there. So now you're seeing people on chain follow the roadmap of DYDX. They're building their own app chain. Um, I'm not sure how I necessarily feel about app chains. Um, it feels like, oh, come, come bridge over to our app chain. Now you're stuck on our island, you know, and there could be an exploit leaving the island or coming onto the island. It's, it just seems like another, uh, you know, kind of attack on vulnerability for them or another angle of attack for a hacker mm. or something like this. But that will reduce speeds that... Will make speeds faster. You can quote faster. You can make markets faster. A lot of these people right now do off-chain order books and on-chain settlement. So that's how they're able. You're just talking to an API cloud, a cloud API, mm -hmm. an AWS or similar, and that's how they're able to to keep the market so moving so quickly, so fast. And now most of those people are moving to app chains. Okay. What do you mean by app chains? Uh, like DYDX built on Cosmos, right? It's their own, I don't want to call it a fork, but it's like an app chain built on the Cosmos um, blockchain. You're also seeing people build this on Celestia. So they're building their own app chain on Celestia. They're using the Celestia framework to build out their own, carve out their own little island, I like to call mm. it. Okay, so like like dimension and roll apps and all that kind of stuff. I'm not super across that, but I think that's that's kind of what... I like DeFi retarded, right? I know you wanted to talk about Ethereum restaking, <laughs> and I was like, dude, if I can't tell my accountant, you know, what, what I'm doing, if I can't explain it to my accountant, then there's no way that I can do this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, in Sorry, a, I'm in a similar boat, man. Like I hear a lot of chatter around Ethereum restaking, eigenlayer, all of these new things that are popping up as like offshoots of eigenlayer. Like we're using eigenlayer tech. This is the future of DeFi. And I'm just like, what is what is going on? Um, yeah, it's like the ZK rollups thing, right? Like a lot of people thought that or still think that ZK rollups is the next thing. Oh, I, I know some people have built some stuff on it, but uh, it, it's just not getting like this main adoption, right? We're swimming in our own swimming pool over here. We're just totally fine. And let's let's even take options, right? There's going to be options on these ETFs. There's going to be options on centralized exchanges. There, and then there's going to be options on decentralized exchanges. And a lot of those people will not swim over to the other pool. And that's okay. And they'll stay in their lane or they'll stay in their ecosystem, right? If you're more DeFi native, you're going to stay in a decentralized way. If you're a fund in the U.S. particularly, or then you're going to be trading, uh, you know, regulator products on U.S. markets. If you're an offshore entity, then you'll be on the likes of, of a centralized exchange. So kind of the same ideology here when it comes to anything crypto we've never hit this mass adoption yet and i don't think people are ready for kind of what that looks like yeah okay what do you think is the thing that actually catches the biggest adoption what's marty's thoughts on that the biggest adoption is blockchain tech as a whole i don't think that it has to be public 
um, I don't know, let's say you're a shipping company. You're like, I want to know where all my stuff is and I don't want people to manipulate uh, the code or sorry, the data of where this box has been. Well, you can keep it on your private blockchain. I, I'm all for freedom of movement, freedom of speech, you know, freedom of finances, but um, it, uh, you still have to pay taxes. You know, like if you don't want to pay your taxes, then move somewhere where you don't have to pay taxes and that's okay. But if you don't want to live in a Caribbean island or in the desert, then you know you're going to have off. to. Yeah, yeah, an island, yeah, an island in the <laughs> desert, right? If you're gonna, then, then um, you know you're going to have to pay some tax. I know, I know people who have great structures, base, but they're forced to move, and I don't like that either. Like they have to spend six months here minimum. They have to spend three months somewhere minimum. And that's cool until the hurricane comes. And then you're like, oh my God, like I want to leave, but I also don't want to pay tax or minimal. I want to pay minimal tax. So I need to stay. That That's totally lame. Like you're yeah. whining, complaining over uh, Brazil is 15% tax up to $1 million. So anything over 1 million, then you need to uh, have, have a new bracket, but for the majority of people on crypto Twitter, a million a year is is more than enough. And uh, yeah, okay. there's there's some exemptions here. Um, we have a pretty clear cut tax guidance on crypto. You can buy and sell crypto instantly to and from your bank account. You even have banks here that allow you to deposit crypto majors and altcoins and stable coins on chain and they'll custody it for you. This is available to uh, any any sort of person. And the access to financial products here in Brazil is very large. It's not just crypto. You also have fund access. You also have structured product access that we call COIS, C-O-E. Um, you have fixed income and variable income products. You have a wide variety of products here available to the regular person where in the States, it's like, are you sophisticated? Are you accredited? You know, all of these kinds of terms. It's funny, like mm. accredited investor means you have a million liquid. Well, it's not, doesn't mean you're smart, you know? <laughs> Just means you've got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, we were talking before about some of the things that are happening in Brazil. Um, and for everyone listening, Marty's, Marty's based in Brazil. What, what's the crypto scene like over there? And, and you were saying before that you're very bullish about crypto in Brazil. Why is that? Uh, bullish on, on Brazil in general and BRICS um, as a whole. Uh, here, here in Rio, we have a company called Hashtex. They have ETFs in the States and they have... ETF equivalents here in Brazil, crypto funds, uh, nice office that they got here, but um, they are bidding or, you know, applying for the ETH ETF in the States. They're, they're kind of have their hands in everywhere in, in the crypto space. You have the instant deposits and withdrawals in and out of Brazilian banks for crypto. You have an instant settlement layer called PIX which um, I can send you, I don't know, you know, $1, $0.05 cents or $100,000 equivalent in Brazilian hash. 
all all instantly settles instantly um this is widely popular it's like oh you have a phone number then you have a pix you have an email then you can get a, a pix account it's an instant settlement layer and the crypto scene here is like way more vibrant last year and the year before you go to an event or you go to a conference and it feels like peak bull market where like if you went in Paris or where did I go last year? Uh, whatever, Milan or whatever. It was kind of just like, oh yeah, the people building are here, you know, but it's not like frothy yet, right? It's not happening. It's just like the people actually building, the devs are building. The, the devs were in Europe and, and in America. And then here it's kind of every, everybody's all in. Um, I feel like in Argentina, there's a wide use case of stables in particularly. They have something crazy, like 100% inflation. So you can buy, it's funny, it's USDT on Tron. They like USDT specifically on Tron because of the low the low fees in Argentina. Yeah, I, heard, I saw Kobe posting about that a while back, about USD on Tron being like the number one kind of like stables use case. That's nuts. Yeah, you can't buy everything with it. But um, for sure, you can use it for, for a lot of things in Argentina. Uh, Argentina is wild. Your rent goes up every month. Your car payment goes up every month. Minimum wage goes up every month. So, you know, the coffee on the fucking coffee shop goes up every day. You know, the little paper ticker that they change, the little pricing thing. Pricing board changes every day. So these people are crypto friendly, especially the new generation, right? Everybody has a mobile device or a, whatever, a computer, not everybody, but majority of people. And you can even send stables and then get a moto boy, a guy on a motorcycle come deliver you like a stack of cash in Argentina. <laughs> yeah. Like, as you, as or like, as you know, a thousand dollars is like a hundred thousand, right? You know, it's like, Totally oh, different, okay. right? Like when a thousand dollars is like a stack of cash, like a bag of cash, right? And this will last you, you know, one one dinner if you go to the most expensive place, or it could last you, you know, a month depending on where, where you're, what you're doing, where you're eating, shopping, you know, things like this. But yeah, you can just, oh hey, I want you know a thousand dollars worth, sure, send it. Being five minutes later, a guy on a motorcycle comes with your, you know, bag slayers. Mm. Yeah, okay. That's really interesting. What What's regulation like in South America? Is it, I mean, I've looked into it a little bit in the past and I know that new Argentina president is chill with Bitcoin, but I don't know, what are, what's the rest of South America, particularly Brazil, like with how it's going to approach Bripto tokens? Sure. So in... Uh, El Salvador, they're trying to do the Bitcoin bond, the Bitcoin city, you know, Bitcoin is the financial future of the world. Okay, sure. I think El Salvador's also 6 million people. So handing LA out freedom visas. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, great. <laughs> ha have fun. Bitcoin beach. Amazing. You know, ni nice guinea pig project. If it works out, uh, you know, I'm happy for them for sure. Uh, but the regulatory stance, I only know of Brazil, so I'll comment, comment on it more. Um, we have clear-cut guidance of tax and 
if it's a security uh, utility token, things like this, you can claim um, exempt up to, let's say, $6,000 a month on crypto. You have to declare it every month or quarter, depending, every year, depending. If you buy, sell, trade crypto for your taxes, and like I said earlier, it's about 15% capital gains tax for crypto. Uh, we have this instant settlement layer called PIX, which is a product from the central bank. And what's very different about Brazil in particular is they are pushing for this revolution of finances. They want to tokenize everything. Right now, they're starting to tokenize real world assets. I know, guys, a meme, real world assets are a meme. RWA. We're tokenizing the RWA. <laughs> it's the new item layer, right? The suits are um, coming. But we're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Institutions are here, but they're, they're tokenizing soy in Brazil. And they ran a that's pilot a meme. program. I'm sorry, that's hilarious. Yeah, that, that's a meme. I know, that's I good, know. Dude. But soy is a huge, huge uh, product here in Brazil. And <laughs> Brazil is going to launch something called the Drex. I don't know why they came up with that name. It's dumb. But uh, it stands for, they could have just went for digital real, the Brazilian real, right? We could have just went for the digital real, but we, we went for Drex. And... Uh, it's a product from the central bank. It's a CBDC and we will probably be the first country of, you know, 200 million people to be the guinea pigs for this. I think it's going to come faster than many people think the new regulations come this year into next year. And what's different particularly about Brazil is that they pushed for this new financial economy, this digitalized economy. They went out and ran a pilot program, which. I want to say like 15 to 30 projects came in and, uh, you know, pitched how they could do a stable coin and off or Aave, however you want to pronounce it. The decentralized protocol was one of these pilot com or companies to come participate in the pilot. They ended up picking somebody else, but now Brazil is on the, the forefront of launching the CBDC and First, it's, it's a wholesale CBDC, so it will be used for trade and trade purposes. We already have this PIX instant settlement layer for, you know, peer-to-peer, peer-to-business, -peer, peer or even business-to-business, -business, I guess. But uh, this Drex will mostly be used for, for trade at the very beginning. It's just an instant settlement layer of, of financial products instead of, you know, U.S. is like T plus one, T plus two day settlement on stuff which is at this point is dumb right everybody has 5g on their phone already we can just make it instant Have, we can make it a little make faster it. guys yep i think we've seen that with like a, a, kind of moving the scope a little bit but like i think we've seen a lot of that shit with bitcoin etf data coming through like t plus one t plus two even the bloomberg guys bunk, like being like ah it's been three days since we've had data for these products come through and they're like we, starving yeah, it's been we're three not, days we're not sure what what actual volumes are but yeah it's nuts um yeah speaking of bitcoin etfs um i was reading I'm, i am an avid enjoyer of your of your newsletter marty's thoughts you were talking the other day about there being post etf clarity and i was curious as to what you meant 
buy that? Because obviously we had ETFs come through, price runs up to nearly 50 and then bleeds back down to like what, just sub 40K in a couple of days. So yeah, curious as to what you think of, what you meant by post ETF clarity. Similar to like post nut clarity, you know, like everybody was all, <laughs> this kind of was the joke, right? Uh, everybody yeah. got all horny into this ETF. You had forwards trading, I don't know, 140 vol, 150 vol. You had at the money vols trading around 100. One week at the money around over 100. This is like typical crypto, 100, 100 vol products. Okay, great. Um, you saw volatility bleed all last year besides of some after FTX and then you had last year and uh, bleed all the way until you had some crypto specific news, the XRP, SEC filing, you know, the ETF hype. So you had all of this build up into an event and this always happens in crypto. But we, we set a date, what happens in, in, any, in any market, I guess. There's a date, there's an event, everybody builds up hype into this event and nobody's sure, oh, we're going to see $3 billion inflow. We're going to see whatever, you know, whatever the numbers they're throwing around. If every pension fund invests, there's going to be 2% of, you know, the People world reserve. People yeah, at some point. They're like, there's 10 yeah. trillion coming in in the next 10 years. It's like, in the first week. Yeah, whatever. Guys. Okay. You know, like. <laughs> I had been writing about this in the newsletter for, for like this hopium. So the event came, was building up, the event happened, price was going up into the event because we kept getting these postpones. Nobody knows what if what if there is that ten trillion dollars? You know, what if what if we do go to a hundred K tomorrow? So so nobody knows. There's a lot of uncertainty. Uh volatility picks up into these events, hype, hopium gets built up into these events. And then what did we see? We saw GBTC unwind, I don't know, four or five billion dollars. Um, we just saw kind of like a rebalancing of the GBTC products as a whole. You, GBTC was at like a 50% uh, discount to NAV. So it was mm. screwed for like months, right? People were buying this as a levered long Bitcoin play. Like if there is a ETF, like we're going to instantly double our money, right? Even if we buy right now, we're going to double our money. And now you're seeing that they can become liquid. And these people are just choosing either to cash out or go into a different product with less fees. So now you're seeing a fee game in between all of the different ETFs in terms of who can provide the lowest fee or the discounted fee for six months. And once we saw the ETF happen, we had this post ETF clarity that, you know, it wasn't the 10 trillion everybody was thinking about. It wasn't what was expected, but I do believe that these products are good for the market as a whole, you know, just on week one, it's not, uh, as insane as they thought, but as a whole, of course, I like freedom and access to financial markets. So allowing us investors to have a spot ETF is better than trading a futures product like Bido or Bito, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, yeah. do you know that they do a dividend? Bito pays a dividend. It's literally meant to go to zero. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? I didn't know this <laughs> until the other day. Yeah. Uh, they they have carry from the futures, so then they pay out a dividend. And I'm like, that's insane. Wow. So, 
Frankenstein products, the ETF, spot ETF is much better product for people to buy, hold, trade, speculate. Um, it also allows uh, options to come into play because right now you only have options on CME. So you'll have options on these spot, spot ETF products and it will overall be a good thing for the market, right? More participants, more flows, more money in. And, and these ETF products probably become a large holder of a majority holder of most of the, you know, quote, physical coins. Mm. The suits you, are here, the institutions will, will be, will be holders, hodlers. BlackRock is buying our bags. Uh. <laughs> Larry Finkelvoss is buying. Larry Finkelvoss. I saw someone <laughs> talking about it was, uh, like Larry Fink getting really into RWA tokenization. It was a meme. It was like Chain Fink. I was like, oh. Mm, Chain Fink. You should come to Brazil. We're doing soy. So, Chain Fink. Soy on, on Chain Fink. Holy thunder. Wow. Was that, that, crazy was that a thunder? thunderstorm? That was thunder. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. That was fucking like insane. fucking hit a wall. I thought you'd, yeah. Your decks had cracked in half. <laughs> no, yeah. Wow. That's rough. Oh shit. Um, that's a, a welcome interruption. That's cool. Sounds of nature. Yeah, we're, we're back. Back to summer. <laughs> summer uh, summer in Rio. No, it's weird. It was like sunny, thirty today, then it'll rain six to seven, and then it's fine at eight o'clock. Wonderful. Dude, do you think we see a similar thing with Ethereum ETFs? Do you think we see a similar same kind thing. of run? Same same horniness for like Yep, it's coming. Everyone's going to buy ETH. Yeah, same shit. Same, same hype built into the event. So right now we're in like this no man's land of what's next? What's the next catalyst? 2024 has some great catalysts. You have the Bitcoin ETF. You have this ETH ETF. You have the presidential elections and the Bitcoin halving. So it just depends on which um, one you want to ride, you know? I think it's all good for risk assets. I don't know what uh, Jay Powell said today. I guess I should catch up on my oh, yeah. news, but I was on some. I've not looked at that. I'm not sure if if the economy's ruined or or <laughs> you know, if he's going to use all of his tools. Everything's down today, so I'm assuming he said nothing. Nothing amazing. I'm assuming pause again. Yeah, I could. We'll could probably just we'll never know. Google that. Uh, He's going to use FOMC. all of his tools to keep inflation, to get inflation to 2%. It's the same thing he says it's, every time. So Interest rates unchanged. Targets 2%. There we go. Yep. Nothing happened. And tools. And he's going to use his tools. And that's it. So The, the tools, which is up and down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And to the right. tools. So, yeah. 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 So you'll you have all these, again, you know, crypto-specific um, narratives all good for the price i'd way rather trade 40 to 50k than whatever we were doing last year like 25 to 30k mm. that was pretty miserable so this this would be better yeah okay and now that you know i don't know like all of these different catalysts heading into 2024 what what do you think like the upcoming market cycle looks like um i have my own very like mid-curve thesis of just like bitcoin ethereum lead um other faster kind of like alt l1s i thought the alt l1 narrative was a bit of a stretch but it seems to be working just this like rotation between like whatever they think is going to replace eth this month 
swap around. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah today. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah today. today. Okay. Now it's Suey, guys. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I am curious as to what you think the, the upcoming super cycle looks like. Everything goes up. I'm, I'm like an idiot. So we trade mostly coin margin contracts. So we're always have a spot bias of crypto majors. So Bitcoin ETH, um, soon Solana and some other things. I'm not like a huge fan of the Solana phone and the ecosystem and shit like that. But, and the, what do they call it? The Solana manlets, you know? Yeah, the manlets. Sure, yeah. The manlets, yeah. Solana, right? Sure, amazing. I, I guess it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I always hold a spot bag. I feel like a lot of people don't have a spot bag. So they're always trying to chase, you know, what what's replacing Ethereum today. And they're all in one day at a time. So that's what you see a lot of on crypto Twitter. Like, oh, I have 40% of my portfolio in Blast locked up in ETH gaining points. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, you guys realize points doesn't equal money. I think the only one to do that was um, Blur, right? Blur, mm. the ETF, or no, Jesus, the NFT marketplace, I think was the only one ever to do points to money. But like, friend tech points aren't coming for three years. Blast points, two, two years, three years, you know, just nothing... Uh, yeah, have fun in your metaverse with your fucking tokens, okay? You guys all locked up ETH for 5% in tokens. It's just like insane. You're not a fan of the Pac-Man multi-zig? I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's held by five-person multi-zig. It's like, oh, who? how much money do you guys have on a multi-zig? Yeah, I, I got a lot of heat for talking shit about, like, Blast and Paradigm. And I was fuck them dude i'll say whatever i want dude i don't care right i really don't okay. care like good, good for them i'm happy for them but uh you know is this going to be the eve killer of of today there's going to be hype there's going to be the hopium and it probably turns into another frentex type situation unless they you know mm. really do no there's going to be you know, NFTs on blast. There's going to be new protocols on blast. Probably the froth continues of people building and things like that. But, oh man, it's just kind of gets old. I'm, I'm a little more old school. Keep the spot back, keep growing. I'm also in a position where I don't need to change or chase, you know, the next, mm -hmm. the next thing. It's always fun to do rotating. Uh, seems Bitcoin moves first, then ETH, then all the rotation goes to alts and then back to ETH and then back to Bitcoin kind of is like the, the overall yeah. cycle. The, the overall meta. What are your, and I am curious, what are your thoughts on concentration versus diversification? Like you say that you're in a, you're in a position where you're not, you don't have to worry about like chasing too much. You, do you favor concentration now? Um, guess what I'm asking is what would you say you're a kind of a newcomer to crypto? You've got, I don't know, five, 10 K sort of thing. You want to get started. Um, yeah. I think that you have access to more financial freedom in crypto for sure. You have more opportunity in crypto than in traditional markets, but I mean, go look at, AMD, NVIDIA, tech stocks this year, like you were 
better off probably playing spot Nvidia, you know, than than playing dog with hat or some shit, right? Like, I have no idea. Like, you're always when you're chasing meme coins like this, you're always gonna have uh, money tied up or you know, too too much risk for me. Like, I, I'm all good to put 500 bucks or I don't know, I put like 10,000 in Tia. Okay, cool. Well, I have 10,000 bucks to lose. But if I, if I had $10,000 and that was it and I put it in Tia and I actually bought the top for record, I did buy the exact top of Tia. For, <laughs> I literally bought $20. I was like, oh, whole round numbers. I literally, I swear to God, I'll, I'll find the day. It was probably 19 or $20. Yeah, January 15th for sure. 15 days ago, I got 11 nice. days left. So, uh, yeah, makes sense. And now it's 16, you know, uh, you're down 20%, you know, you, uh, are still locked for X amount of time. You're hoping for all these airdrops. I, I fell into the hype, right? Amazing. I'm sure it probably keeps going higher, but as of right now, I'd probably feel like shit. Like, mm. oh, this is my last $10,000. Um, if I had $10,000, where would I start? I have no idea. I, I, f- I feel like a lot of people don't have any edge. They're not, they're, they're like copy trading or they don't have any idea of how financial markets work or they buy meme coins. You know, we need people like this, you know, we do need people like this to keep it going, but, um, to keep the Ponzi Stop going for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you know, one more cycle. And, um, if I had $10,000, where would I start? That's a good question. I, I'm not sure. I, I think I, I think you're better off going and getting a job, to be honest. Let's say you've got a job. Say, Let's say you've already got a job. You have your 10K portfolio. Yeah. You want to risk it in crypto. You're safe. You're secure. But you're like, Fuck I have 10. Do it. I'm starting. Do it. Where, where, do I, where do I allocate, Marty? Don't lock it on blast, okay? Don't lock it on blast. <laughs> right? Okay. You're you're better off playing these these next narratives. You have the Bitcoin having, you have the ETH play, you have the U.S. presidential election. I would probably just go spot or buy dated futures because people always forget like dated futures. You don't pay funding, so it might be in backwardation or contango depending on when you buy it. it means it's it's above or below current spot price depending on when you buy it. Um, depends on what kind of market conditions we're in. I think we're in Contango right now. It's above current spot prices, but you don't pay any funding. So you can either, you can lever it up a little bit, you know, 2X, 3X, maybe. Uh, I think you can do more, but let's let's play it safe. And you're not really worried about, oh, I'm going to get liquidated if ETH moves $5. You know, your stop loss is probably, or your liquidation is probably like, I don't know, $1,400 or something like this. I have no idea. And you could play this, you know, kind of long-term play with low risk to liquidation. You're not paying any funding. You also get to lever up a little bit. Um, There's also before the ETF, there was a bunch of basis plays. So you buy spot and sell the futures and collect 20% a year. You know, and you can mm. lever that up. So you can do that on 4X and make 80% in a year. Um, you can do this quarterly. You can do this yearly, depending on which contract you want to do. Uh, I think that there was some simple trades like this, like a cash and carry trade 
or you know the basis trade or just playing dated futures versus you know shit coins and perps I, I think a lot of people you like oh you can take 10 grand and make double or triple is better than all in one day at a time and maybe mm-hmm. i'd make 50k i know so many people like covid times that tent that turned like 10 grand into 100 grand and thought that they were so smart, which is amazing for them. And that probably none of them cashed out. They probably oh. gave it all back, you know? And that's life-changing yeah. money for somebody, you know, that had nothing. You know, that had $10,000 to make 100 k is uh, life-changing. You know, you can uh, get a new that's car. Huge. You can upgrade your living situation. You get can go to a school. House. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not not in not in uh, some places, but yeah, you could buy. A not house, in Australia, you know? not where I live. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, you don't get you part of the way, actually. And I do yeah. think that's a big problem with like uh, confusing being right with being really lucky. Um, like you know, I forgot what it was. There's a re- there's a decent quote out there somewhere that talks about being right for the right reasons, and. Otherwise, you kind of carry with you this this feeling of being like, "Oh, I'm I'm so smart." It's like, were you, or did number just go up, and you don't know why? Number go up. You have a lot of money. Number go up season. Yeah, and you're seeing this now with some influencers on on the Twitter, like, "Oh, you know, number goes up. They put some money in something. It went up, and they're doing some crazy shit now on the timeline." Like, and people like this aren't aren't around that long. Yeah. No, genuinely. And speaking to that, like actually having re- like reasonable investment strategies, your pinned tweet at the moment is like a reading list um, with reminiscence of a stock operator, market wizards, any of them, um, the intelligent investor. I've seen memes of the intelligent investor just being like chucked in the bin for crypto. Um, Fuck yeah. What do you, <laughs> what do you, <laughs> what, what's the deal with your book list? And I don't know, what are the, what are the key takeaways from that? Um, yeah. Read it in order. Uh, the first book is like wrote in the 30s. Um, and this guy is every guy on crypto Twitter. He has nothing. He makes everything. And then he has nothing again. You know, it's, it's a life cycle of a trader pretty much. And it's a, a good book for sure. Reminiscence of a stock operator. That, that one's always a, a classic. Re- read the book in order. I feel like. There's a huge knowledge gap between that book and the whatever 10th or 11th book, you know, the John Hole books. That's like a master's, you know, college level math and derivatives book. Um, And a lot of people seem to get lost in the math and lost in the sauce. And that's totally okay because the computer does all of that shit for you. Now, you know, all of the equating, you just have to understand how the equations uh, why they work, how they're put together. But in terms of like, you're not doing the math by hand, you know, like you're not on the chalkboard doing the equation and you can always go down like the options modeling rabbit hole for years. Like it's a never ending black hole, like rabbit hole just keeps going on and on. You're always better pricing, you know, and and then you come back to crypto and it's like, these people are just doing the most on, on altcoins in particular are doing like the most basic model, which is the black Scholes model and taking this model and applying it to altcoin vault and basically throwing a number 
usually like 100 to 500 vault products versus like actually pricing out an option. Mm -hmm. The key takeaways from the book list, oh, read it in order. Don't be hard on yourself if you don't understand the math. And that there's this huge knowledge gap between like, oh, I have conviction in Bitcoin and I'm going to buy Bitcoin and understand Bitcoin and ETH, let's say, majors versus, oh, I'm modeling equations, you know. And then there's a whole another side that just wants to play meme coins, right? There's like three different kinds of players here. And I feel like a lot of people don't even take 10 minutes, an hour, a week, a day to read or learn about any sort of financial markets, right? You kind of need some grasp of how money moves and things work. And um, you don't need to be a math wizard to make money. You know, I, I think your, your conviction is better than drawing meme lines and shit. I always like joke and I draw like two, I have two meme lines on ETH. It's pretty easy. 2,500 and 1,600. That's it. The greatest TA of all time. I have no idea, but it worked. <laughs> You know, like, oh, yeah, like round numbers, 2,500, sure, we get above 2,500, we probably go to 3,000. Get above 3,000, we probably go to 4,000. You know, like, just whole round numbers uh, mm. is, is easier than, like, oh, this exact level at 22.86 and 20 cents is going to bounce on the fucking one-second chart into the stratosphere. Like, ah, oh, fuck you, you know, like. Don't fall for the Forex fucking people selling courses. All the information is available for free online to learn anything. MIT gives free online classes, the, the actual lectures for free. No, like you can learn all this shit yourself. You just need to take the time and apply yourself. But again, like either you don't have a job and you're trying to make it with a couple thousand bucks or you have a job and you're just, you know, fucking around and that's cool too. Or like, this is your full-time job and I'm a full-time trader. And if you want to be a full-time trader, it's not just draw meme lines and, you know, indicators. And, yeah, <laughs> opium and, and, you know, yeah. yeah, your fucking teacher shouldn't live in London and drive a McLaren, you know, and have an AP yeah. watch. That's, yeah, you know, you shouldn't be buying courses. You shouldn't be buying shit. Um, but there's a huge knowledge gap of, that guy who came like the FX course buyer to, you know, throwing 10 grand around to like a full-time trader and everybody's playing a different game, swimming in a different pool with different strategies, risk tolerance. And, and you know, most of these fucking people are better off going and getting a job to, you know, that burrito brand Chipotle. Yeah. Yeah. If you fucking work there for three years, you can become or have an opportunity to become a manager and make like 110 grand a year. Go get a fucking job. You could, yeah, three years, yeah. you know, after tax or one year after tax, you make 75 grand, 80 grand. That's more than all these fucking people make on crypto Twitter. There's probably like, mm. I don't know, fucking 50 people on crypto Twitter that actually make money. And then you also have the outsized returns, you know, like, Alex Weiss or something like this, right? Where he's swinging fucking $10 million position, you know, P&Ls. Yep. And you've got yeah, the very well-established, yeah, the well-established actors yeah. that kind of like roll it all. Um, yeah. What's the deal with... High stakes capital, you know, like there's, there's some guys that just fucking do it, you know? 
And then there's some people that um, that are, you know, poker, like high stakes capital guys, like a poker player, you know. So he, he was a gambler at heart and now he comes into the crypto markets and does the same thing. Fucking all in one day at a time and crushes it. But it's also different. Oh, I made 10% on a $10 million position versus I made 10% on a $100 position. There's a huge size matters. Gap. Yeah, it's a huge gap, dude. I, I remember just like holding spot bag from, I don't know, let's say 10 grand. You know, we had that dip to like 3K, something like that. 5k three four five k something like that and just let's just say uh, you know my cost average was like 10 to fifteen thousand, and holding that spot back to 60 something holy fuck i didn't do anything i made so much money doing nothing like oh mm. I'm, and that makes me smarter than you no i just had more available cash to throw at something that you know did a 5x yeah okay spot and chill that's the spot and chill. a lot of people don't have the spot back and then you can fuck around. Oh, I have a spot bag. And then you can NFTs, eigenlayers, airdrops. And airdrops are life changing for a lot of people. You know, you make ten grand on an airdrop. You have five wallets. You make fifty grand. Like mm. insane. Some of my friends did well on Jito, um, and I saw a lot of that in the timeline. I was just like, oh, of course, I've missed it. <laughs> Oh, or I didn't uh, claim in time or something. It's always literally. I'm like the worst when it comes to timing and on-chain things. Should probably just hire somebody. Like, dude, I'll give you fifty percent. Just do it all for me. But you know, I'll, I'll put farm. the capital up. Yeah, and go farmed because I don't know anything. <laughs> and there's always something new. You know, there's. I even saw the other day that dimension, not dimension, dimension. It's yeah. not dimension, right? Dimension. Okay, D- D- yeah. dementia. Oh man, that's good. This guy has I dementia really, after this story. I want to talk yeah. to the to the the founder of Dimension. I, I think it's I've, I've forgotten his name right now, but I really did want to get him on the pod and talk to him about rollups. So here I am being like, it's yeah, not get dementia. Him on. <laughs> it's not dementia. I backed you up. No, so like I, I even saw the other day, like the claim was up, or you know, you could put your address in, and there was a verify a yellow badge verified, which means oh, like man. a company institution. You know, like, oh, claim your airdrop here. And I was like, is this legit? Like, I just tweeted, like, I didn't even tag the page. It was just like, is this legit? Like, is this the right page? And people were like, no. And then yesterday or yep. two days ago, somebody got drained. You know, I'm like, oh, oh dude, oh, I, come on. it's the same thing with the alt layer airdrop because it's like, I'm, I'm a yeah. Celestia staker. Like, I bought Celestia very early on. Um. And yeah, I mean, like, obviously, just like looking through all the different things, and Alt Layer then did this retroactive thing where they're like, "We took a snapshot on Jan 17. We're going to do airdrops." And the amount I just typed in like Alt, like dollar sign Alt on Twitter to check for posts from them because mm-hmm. um, I couldn't find their Twitter. The first twenty things, yeah, they're all the gold badges, and it's all scams, yeah. and it's all to these airdrop claim links. And the second you connect. Like, uh, I mean, kind of dubious connecting a wallet to an airdrop claim site, but like the second you did that, bam. Or it's not even like a connect, right? It's like scan this or something. There's always some tricky, some, you know, sneaky thing behind it. And it's just lame. Like that's totally lame. 
uh, in this space and, you know, you have to be careful. And a lot of people use their main wallet for any sort of airdrop activities. Like it should be totally separate. It should be maybe yeah. even on a different device. It should, it shouldn't be near your stack and your main stack shouldn't be in a fucking MetaMask anyways. Yeah, no, legit. I had a friend of mine who told me about using a condom wallet, which I thought was very good. Just having this mm. one with like a tiny little bit of ETH and a couple of other like potential gas things um, that you just interact with shit with. And that's your first port of call. And then once you've kind of used that and you're like, okay, cool, I'm not drained. Not for everything, but just for like new protocols and things that pop up, you're like, okay. And just making sure, and then you can funnel stuff through. Again, it depends on how much ETH you have because you don't want to be spending $30, $40 on gas every time you <laughs> interact yeah, with that protocal. Yeah, dude, I remember, a, I'm, dude, I'm like the top buyer, dude. I had a $900 failed NFT mint, and that was it. I'm like, I'm out, dude. I'll never do that again. $900, dude. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, and I like coming on these brutal. shows and just talking shit about myself. You know, like I'm not the fucking best trader ever. I do stupid shit. I lose money, you know, and I always buy the top. If it's not Bitcoin underneath, I always buy the fucking top of some because I'm like, fuck, okay, I'll get to it. Okay, yep, I'll, I'll do this now. I get to it. Well, TO is 20 bucks. I literally bought the top. Oh, dude, that is like, I have a, like, I was chatting with Pancakes about this the other day. And it's like, he's like, I have this like beautiful talent where the second I buy something, it immediately goes down. And I think that. Oh, like, yeah. Inverse I'm pancakes. Share that. Inverse pancakes, bro. We oh, need man. an ETF, inverse pancakes. Yeah, pancakes, pancakes is a good ETF. guy down in uh, Argentina. Good guy. We uh, hosted a group of people down there, like 10 or 15 of us for a barbecue. Times. How was the the Bripto meetup in Bripto meetup South America? How was it? Good. I got a weird thing about showing my face and you know meeting new and random people. Uh, you mm. know, people end up in suitcases or robbed and all kinds of weird shit. Um, so uh, I was a uh, you know mutual friends. I ended up meeting like one person. And then that turned into us meeting like another two people. So then it was like four of us. Oh yeah, we know, you know, it's us four. Okay. We know each other. And then the four of us met like another four. So then it was like eight of us and then eight turned into 10 or 15, you know, and it kind of, I was in Buenos Aires for a few weeks last year. So, you know, it was a, a big crypto community down there. Some people building, some people trading. Uh, a lot of people working for protocols and shit like that, you know, getting paid in dollars and, and living down there, um, American, Europeans, whatever. Mm. And yeah, good, good group of people down there for sure. Oh yeah. Bullish Bripto South America. Um, before we run out of time, man, I'm really curious about your hat business because I've seen a couple of them on the timeline. Um, I think did the market makers love her hat sent me Classic. i thought that was that was just the best thing i was like oh man this is ideal how did how did the hat business get started and, and what's the go with it uh we had so we had another account on the x.com that we ran up to like 10k and then we got banned for you know like those fucking protesters that sit in front of the cars and shit so i commented uh, yeah. like yeah, commented like, yeah, just run them over or something stupid, right? So I got permanently banned on Twitter for like, yeah, fucking run them over. Uh, I'm guessing this is pre-Elon like, Twitter, yeah. 
No, no, this is uh, yeah, last year sometime. Yeah, I don't know what. Okay. The the tweet was uh, I guess it was after Elon, but it was like a tweet from four months before. You know, like it was totally targeted, right? So hmm. before that, we we had a, a Twitter account, and there's a good fella named Loris on the timeline. Loris is a Delta One market maker on your favorite shitcoin exchanges like Gate.io and uh, what's a KuCoin and all that shit. So MEXC, you know, and I are, yeah, shit like hmm. that, right? And uh, Loris and I got into it on the timeline because I just talk shit on the timeline, dude. I don't take Twitter seriously, so I'm like selling volatility all year publicly like oh it's that easy pimps all in one day at a time you know follow me for more just fucking bullshit right just absolute garbage of tweets but people think it's funny so and i think it's funny too so loris is a a clean cut new york guy it seems you know suit wearing fancy restaurant eating and uh, he was like, it's not that easy. He wrote a fucking thread. It's not that easy. You're full of shit. And market makers love him or something. And I was like, oh, I'm putting that on a fucking hat, dude. So I put market makers love him on a hat and gave away like 500 of them. And he was so mad that he kept saying shit. So I took everything that he said and put it on a hat for like oh six months. Dude. For like a long time. And this turned brilliant. into, dude, I lost so much money on hats and it was so worth it, dude. There's like probably close to a thousand hats now out in the wild that I gave away like 900 of them. Jesus. That's sick. And it's all quotes from Loris. Market makers love them. Uh, I was an options market maker for years. We are printing dumbass. It's all from Loris, dude. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no creative director at all. That's brilliant. I had no idea that that was the law behind the hats. That's so good. That's and you've just been giving them away. Just like, eh, just to people on the timeline. Like, hey, have hats. Yeah, here's a code. Take it. So funny because when it's uh, conference season last year, you know, people were sending me pictures of meeting other people with hats. It was good, you know, made a made a funny lore and people, people like gifts and the hats are fucking funny, dude. I literally love that. You know, each hat is like fucking twenty or thirty dollars to ship. You know, make and ship fucking times a thousand. You know, we're uh, we're up there for sure. <laughs> we're net negative Just on hats. Just for fun. Oh, we're yeah, what? yeah, fucking zero your, under zero. Your other habit is, um, you know, calling everyone pimps. Where did that? Where did that kick? Just for fun? Yeah, I say it in real life too. I literally say it in real life. Everything that I say on Twitter, I say in real life. It's not like a persona. That's what's funny. Like, and I just talk shit and don't take X seriously, Twitter.com seriously. And, you know, I I, uh, met a lot of people on that app and we all hang out and are friends now. And, you know, the community is great there, but you can't take fucking so seriously like Loris did. You know, people are too serious. Like, it's like, don't make this LinkedIn, dude. I don't have LinkedIn. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I don't have any of that shit. I don't care. Nice, man. Nice. I think that's probably a pretty good place to to wrap up. Um, where can people find you on not socials because you don't have any, but uh, where can people find you on X um, projects that you're getting stuck into at the moment and what's on the cards for you over the next little while? 
Yeah, you can find me on the x.com at thinking vols. It's probably a, a good place to start. I'm pretty active there. My DMs are always open for questions, comments, or concerns. If you wanted a hat, I'll, I'll send Did you get a hat? I'll send you a hat. And, I have not uh, received a hat. I'll send you a little care package. I got uh, like 10 people coming to my house for carnival, so I ordered like a fucking 15 pack of hats for everybody. Just fucking around, dude. It's so funny. The hats yeah, are man. so funny. And uh, what's next? Um, oof, more newsletters for Premia, more content for Premia. Premia is a decentralized options exchange where working on portfolio margin next so that would increase you know selling activities there's a new ui it's a little sluggish we're ironing out all the kinks um just mo- mostly focus on that I-, I have no ownership there i you know I-, I write the newsletters and do the spaces and uh trade there help help market make there help uh Show out the UI, fix out the UI, shovel out and iron out any real problems. But uh, besides that, I'm just working on new market making bots, new arbitrage bots. That's it. Just nice, working. Man. Awesome. Marty, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. I'll get it. you a hat. I'll send you a code. You can get a couple. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, pimp. Thanks, man. Hell yeah, pimp. Right. I'm already down X amount. What's a, what's a little bit more? <laughs> Let's keep it going. Uh, cheers, man. Thanks so much for coming on. All righty, man. Have a good day. If you've made it this far, thanks so much for sticking around to the end. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcasting app of choice. This is only episode four. So every sub, follow, review, etc. from this point onwards really helps build the channel. For those of you curious to find more, you can head over to my YouTube channel, which you can find by typing Tom Mitchell Hill, spelt M-I-T-C-H-E-L-H-I-L-L into the search bar. I upload the full video versions of this podcast over there if you're a video enjoyer. You can also type at the crypto journal into Twitter. Not only will you get full frontal access to my deluge of shitposting, but you'll also get updates as soon as these episodes go live. I also write something called the NGMI Newsletter, which is more of a weekly article rather than a newsletter where I distill fairly detailed breakdowns of crypto markets for the week, try and identify key investment opportunities and share some insightful ideas that I come across when I interact with the more knowledgeable players in the crypto market. That goes out every Thursday. Just type in NGMI newsletter into Google and you should find it straight away. Thanks everyone for listening. I'll see you in the next one.